Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. From playing in an alt-country band to the atmospheric styles of his current project, Gold Light Hour, Chris Gutierrez has taken on a number of genres. In this interview, we talk about the varied and unique sounds of Gold Light Hour and his DIY self-taught approach. Chris and I dive into his new album, Music of Sex and Horror, and all the cool stories behind the sounds. We talk about working in the field of film scoring and what kinds of movies would be his best fit. I bet you can never guess the answer. This episode, we are going to be exploring the music of Gold Light Hour. Chris, the man behind the music, joins me. Dude, welcome to the show. It is so cool to have you here. Max, thanks so much for having me. Um, this show is like a testament to the, the power of the internet. You know, you, you showed up in a mention on my Instagram feed, and then I yeah. reached out to you, and lo and behold, here we are. Exactly, man. Here we are, definitely. And there's so much cool stuff to talk about. Of course, you have your recent release, uh, Music of Sex and Horror. Uh, this is available through uh, Spotify, Bandcamp. Definitely buy a copy of it, guys. Support the artist because this release is so cool. It's just like cool mix of sounds, like dark, like atmospheric stuff, and more like kind of upbeat. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's like the best word, but like, but like a uh, faster pace, basically. Yeah, but um, sure. now where this is all all like a techno sound effect kind of project. How do you go about kind of planning out what it's what it's going to sound like? It's a good question. Uh, you know, this is the fourth album I've released digitally. Um, and each experience is a little bit different, but a little bit the same. Uh, I created the whole thing basically on my laptop, like a lot of people are making music these days. And uh, I, I use Apple's uh, DAW, Digital Audio Workshop of Logic. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people prefer to use things like Ableton or they prefer to use things like, uh, oh, it's the other big one. I forget its name because I don't use it. And, uh, you know, and so a lot of it is, is improvisation. I just sit down with it. You know, I'll have cartoons going on in the background and just put on the headphones and create beats and sounds. Um, sometimes it starts off with a lyrical idea. Um, this, this particular album was a little bit different. I actually created my own stringed instrument for a couple of the tracks. I, I, uh, made a kind of fake cello out of a bunch of plywood and strapped guitar strings onto it and bought a bow on eBay and sort of slid that across and added effects. So a little bit different. Um, but it, you know, it, Digital is amazing that way. You know, you can just create all this music out of nothing. Uh, you know, back in the days, you know, you'd get a band together, you know, drum, bass, guitar, keyboards, whatever. And if you want to do something atmospheric, then, you know, it took a lot of noodling. And, and now for better or for worse, you can just kind of just let it come right out of the fingertips. I love that you made your own cello for this thing. That is such like a cool like <laughs> DIY thing. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and the beautiful part is that with, with digital, you get an instant response right away. You know whether or not it's a good sound. Um, you know, back in the days of tape, you'd record it and then go back and, and listen. Yeah, it was still pretty quick, but with digital, it's instantaneous. You can hear it live right there as it's happening. Um, I also did a lot with uh, old school tape loops, took you know, cassette tapes and tore them apart and 
you know, made little eight second loops out of tape and, and uh, put those on here. So, you know, there's definitely some kind of throwback technology happening for this record. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I'm just really proud of the results. You know, I've been, I've been talking this point up with other people and just that, you know, if, the, if this were heaven forbid my last album, you know, if I just made no more music after this, to me, this would be my crowning achievement. This would be the record I am most proud of to date. And this is your, uh, your fourth release so far. Um, correct. What correct. makes this one such like a better experience than the other three? Um, I think it's that I just felt a lot more confident about the material I was making. I, uh, there were probably about four or five songs that were written for this that didn't make the cut. So I felt a lot more, I guess, judicious. Um, I really took my time with this, particularly in the mixing and mastering phase of all of this. I really took my time and I got it down to like nine songs and I, you know, I would mix it and listen to it. And if I didn't like it, then I go back and do it. And I, this was just an instance where I, I usually just sit back and say, okay, that's fine. It's in the can, you know, let's move on. And this time I really pushed myself to, to make it sonically the way that I, I wanted it to be. So that, and I just, I think the material is stronger. It, um, it's, it's a thing you've probably heard this a lot out of musicians. I, I know you play music, so you probably get this yourself of like, you know, am I, am I, making my own music or am I just living some sort of distillation of all the music I've listened to up until the point of writing these songs, you know? And so I tried to, it, this felt very much like I was really in my own element, you know, and it only took me like 40 years of making music to do that. But I, I feel like I got there with this. Hey, you got there, you know, better late than never, I suppose. <laughs> so cool, man. Now, uh, prior to doing a uh, Golden hour, what'd you do for music? Did you do, like, were you always kind of working in like this genre? I, you know, I, so like I said, I've been, I've been making music a little over 40 years since like age nine. And, uh, you know, I started off, I was a classically educated musician. I started on French horn and realized that with the exception of ELO electric light orchestra, there probably wasn't much rock and roll to be made on a French horn. <laughs> and I took up string bass when I was 12. And then that progressed into uh, electric bass and that was right in time for high school. So I started my first high school band and that was a lot of cover music. And, you know, we wrote our own stuff that was very imitative of music of the eighties. So kind of, you know, pop kind of some punk, some funk. And, you know, so I've, I've played in all different kinds of, of bands and played all different kinds of music, uh, everything, like say from classical to jazz to, you know, um, you know, experimental stuff, uh, you know, Gold Light Hour originally existed when, when I first started all up about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it was actually like an alt country kind of thing. Um, I, yeah, believe it or not, it was like me playing acoustic guitar and, uh, and, a, and a drummer. And at a certain point, a few years in, after that band had folded, we also had a bass player uh, for a while. When that all sort of folded, I just decided that I was just going to stop being in bands. I really, I just personally boycotted being in bands. And I decided to go completely electronic. And at the time, all I had was a four-track tape machine 
and a Farfisa organ and a really nice uh, digital delay unit and a drum machine. And I kind of made it work from there. <laughs> and so the rest is, as they say, history. Going from a going from this like alt country band to doing the more like atmospheric ambiance mm-hmm. music of, of what you're doing now. Wow, that's a hell of a switch there. I, I've always loved ambient music. I've always loved it. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and I mean, even going way back to like the '90s when they called it new age music, which you know it was a little bit different because it was uh, more mellow and more benign. And I think uh, a lot of ambient music these days it almost sounds more like horror film soundtrack stuff. I wouldn't necessarily know if I'd want to meditate to some of the stuff that's called ambient now. Yeah, really. I, you know, it's a little little creepy, which I like. You know, I like it. I mean, I called my record music of sex and horror. So um, I've always also had a a big interest in uh, film soundtrack. That's really what I wanted to do when I was a teenager. I wanted to score films and that, that, that didn't happen, but I've certainly made the music for the movies in my mind. And uh, yeah, I, I just have always loved that kind of music. Um, you know, even like Aphex Twin, all the early electronic guys, stuff like that, that were, were making the, you know, Brian Eno, of course. And that stuff has always appealed to me as much as, you know, two chord and three chord rock and roll and as much as two chord country music and everything else. I just have a, just a, a huge uh, ear for music. And I, I'm not trying to, to brag here. It's just, I, I just, I'm just always trying to get my ears around new music um, or at least new to me music. And so for me, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as much of a stretch, but when I've played this album for other people, they are a little bit astonished that there's such a, a wide range, but to me, it feels very natural to do that. Mm-hmm. I want to ask about uh, film scoring because I know like a lot of musicians want to do this, but what kind of movies do you want to score for? Um, I would love to do scores. I would, I would love to collaborate with experimental filmmakers so uh, things that maybe short form that don't necessarily have a, a theme or a meaning per se. Uh, I think about like Stan Breakage back in the 50s and 60s. It would just, you know, these wild blots of color. I'd love to do stuff like that for, for a more mainstream or even indie film. Uh, of course, I think a horror movie. I think I'd be, you know, good at filming a, a horror scores or um, I, I suppose you know, something maybe like more of like a, like a tragedy kind of thing, you know, lost love or something like that. You know, I um, probably, probably be easier to say, I probably wouldn't want to do a, a rom-com would probably be about the one film I wouldn't want to, to score. I don't, I don't know. If I that would that not work for you, sir. I'm sorry to say actually, actually when uh, when I was listening to the, uh, the new album, so the first song is, Oh my siren, what are you doing Saturday night? First thing I thought is that would be a great, horror sound because it has such a cool dark creepy like slow plodding sound that oh man perfect like horror music and like really your stuff kind of ranges you know there is stuff that is a little more faster pace and then you got other stuff too what do you think is your like musical comfort zone that's that's good question you know i i first of all i love pop music you know and i've always loved pop music um so, you know, saying that my stuff is danceable is, is perfectly fine with me. Uh, I, because I, I love dance music. I love techno and drum and bass and all that stuff. Um, I, I don't keep up on as many of the artists like I used to in the 90s. I was definitely, you know, immersed in electronic music in that regard. 
in the in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, so that's I I don't know. You know, I really I think honestly, my my musical comfort zone is so all over the place. I just feel right at home with with making pretty much you know any kind of music. Probably the, what you didn't hear on this record, like uh, you know, straight ahead bebop jazz. Is I cannot Ooh. walk a bass line to save my life. I just, <laughs> I, it's just one of those things. I, I just, I've tried and I, I played bass forever, and I just, I still can't quite do it. You know, um, so I, I guess it's, it's something that, I again, I, what you're hearing on this record is, is right where I'm at. It's, it's, it's that fine line of like, you know, pop, danceable but also like absolutely creepy kind of horror soundtrack music. And I feel just fine straddling both. Yeah. I would say if you were ever going to score like a horror film, it would have to be something very like psychological. It's so like imaginative. Like it's hard Thank to you. not think of things. They're terrifying when I'm, when I'm listening to this. So, uh, you Thank know, you. this would be very cool. Is scoring movies something you're still looking to do? No, I mean, if the opportunity came up, you know, in some ways, I feel like the the opportunity is is there. Mm. You know, it, it's 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 just interesting what's happened. You know, just with the intentions behind making this album, uh, just even the very fact that I'm sitting here having this interview with you about this to me. You know, I don't want to sound too woo woo here or anything, but I just I just feel like I'm operating on a kind of higher energetic level here, yeah. and yeah. Um, so I, I don't think scoring films would be way off the mark for me now. I mean, I think what's probably more unrealistic would be, uh, you know, getting in a tour bus and touring 300 nights a year. I don't know if I have the juice to do that. I mean, it's, it's like I'm, I'm middle age and with it come the trappings of middle age, like a home and a family and stuff like that, which I'm very grateful for. Um, you know, uh, that was certainly my dream when I was younger is to be some kind of rock star. I would love to play in arenas and stuff like that. But I, you know, but scoring films is I think much more realistic or at least scoring TV shows or something like that. I, I haven't put myself out there to do that. So um, if uh, by, by all means, if you, if you know anyone that is making an independent horror film or whatever, I, I would love to have a crack at it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And speaking of shows, you got the chance to take the stage over at the jungle early May, along with Robert Pashinsky and Joseph Mossbridge. Now, what yes. does a live show with you look like? Uh, not much farther off than that, except that I also play guitar. Oh, nice. I, uh, yeah. Well, so I, uh, it's funny when I first started doing this thing solo, I made a big, uh, I, I made a big effort to also provide a lot of visual with my work. So I, create video uh on uh again using apple products so i this is not a shill here but just to say i use final cut pro i collage together a lot of found digital or found uh visual uh work from just video i take out in the world and clips of film and stuff like that and i morph it all together and then i project that while i play and i stand behind a scrim um, I've, I've been jokingly called the Wizard of Oz sometimes because you don't really see me when I perform. I'm just standing behind this big scrim and I'm projecting all this film onto it. And uh, so that's that's what that looks like. And uh, I actually do have another show coming up uh, June 21st at the Jungle. So 
this is very exciting. I've been, um, I work with Tiny Oak Booking, who is, uh, Heather Timmons is a, is a machine. And she uh, gave me this, this night to put together. And so I'm, I'm putting together a show called Big Robot. And this will be called Big Robot Solstice because it's happening on the summer solstice. And I've put together uh, three other acts besides Gold Light Hour. And uh, we have a, a really great little lineup here. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, Tennisers 2. And we have uh, another individual. Yeah, so we have uh, Mark Kamoski and then Tennisers 2. And then a group called the Square Root of Negative 2, uh, which is... Uh, <laughs> That's the best band name that. of all time. I know, I know. They, and, they're, and they're fantastic. And they actually, uh, one of their members goes, uh, actually two of their members go, go back quite a ways back in the 80s. Hmm. Um, so I, I do need to do a little bit more research into them. But, uh, but from what I can tell, they've, they've had some, some pretty big underground label uh, experience. And so it's just very exciting. It's exciting to, again, you know, harness the power of the internet to uh, attract people to this thing and book this thing and, and create this little, this little body and, and, and put it out there. And so at June 21st at the jungle, uh, we'll be starting up around six, six thirty, and going until nine 30. And just, I don't know, I'm super excited about this. So yeah. So my live performance will incorporate a lot of video square root of negative two also uses a lot of, uh, uh video projection. So I think we're going to be right at home. And big, big shout-out to Tiny Oak Booking. They've definitely gotten us a lot of guests. And frankly, if you're looking to do some shows, reach out to them, find them on their socials, definitely connect with them because they're really good. And like you said, Heather is an absolute machine. <laughs> I don't know how she does it. Because she just... Coffee, you know, I, I guess. I, coffee, Mass- yeah. I, massive you know, like caffeine just, infusion, I think. lots of caffeine. You know, I, 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 it's a fine thing. And she... she uh, you know, I'll see her over at the, at the midway and she's just there like night after night, just yeah. you know, putting on these shows and, and gets a lot of people in the door. It's really impressive, especially in a city like Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So hard to do. Yeah. Actually a guy I met kind of through the show. We had him on a couple of weeks ago. He did a show. Um, wasn't the jungle. I think it was the, I'll think of it later. Sorry about that. But it was yeah. another uh, Somerville uh, venue. And he said the place was packed, like standing room only. Yeah. And that's a really encouraging thing to see because, of course, with you know COVID and whatnot, we're really just getting out of it now. I think shows have been mm-hmm. back; they've been a little tenuous. But it's cool to mm-hmm. see you know packed venues and lots of people out there going to shows. It's 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 uh, exciting times, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I'm so grateful to be able to even perform live. I, I hadn't performed in a couple of years, and then last last July I got a show through through Tiny Oak uh, over at the Midway in Jamaica Plain, and um, yeah, it, it went off great. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm still working out, you know, it, it, like still work out the bugs with, with what I'm doing. It, 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 I'm very ambitious. I'm, I'm always trying to push myself to produce more and better. And sometimes it comes off and sometimes it doesn't, you know, and I've had technical crashes with this. And I mean, it's just, you take, you take the good with the bad and it's just a learning experience, you know, but I would rather do that than, at least for me personally, and, and this is no judgment because I've, I've been in bands like this, but I'd rather do that than playing bands that just do like two and three chords for 45 minutes. I, it's just where I'm at you know, yeah. musically. And, and uh, 
and Heather has been been very patient with me <laughs> through all this and continues to to give me shows mm-hmm. and uh you know just eternally grateful. Yeah. Well, I think you got to do what you love. I think if you don't really enjoy it, you're not going to be able to put any passion into it and it's just going to kind of um fade away. But question related to that. Now you've worked in a lot of different genres over the years. Do you feel that where you're at now is I you know, yeah, in a way, like you know, I was saying before if if this were my if this were the last record I made, uh, I, 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 in a way, be okay with it. I, you know, I hope not. I hope I can continue to keep making music. If I, I think, if anything, um, in some ways, it'll probably get a little weirder. Uh, I watched that film, uh, Sisters with Transistors, uh, about the uh, the female electronic music making scene. And this is, it's a great documentary. If you get a chance to see it, it's on all the streamers. It's fantastic. And, you know, what, what these ladies were doing in the 1950s, 60s, I mean, going back as far as the 1930s even, and then, you know, more current times and making music that, that pushed the envelope, uh, that, that pushed boundaries, that um, made a lot of people uncomfortable you know, particularly their, their male peers and they did not compromise their vision. And, and the one artist in particular who actually recorded around here in in the Cambridge area back in the uh, eighties and nineties, and I forget her name offhand, but she was doing stuff that was like pure, just soundscape. Like just, it wasn't even necessarily music per se. It was just sounds. She was interested in seeing, you know, how low of a frequency she could push out into a room. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. And the, and the film shows uh, Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, like hanging out at her place, you know, sort of taking notes on what she's doing. And so it, it's it, that kind of that could be next is uh, more of a just just sort of just pu- pulling it apart and, and getting away even from the whole concept of uh you know, sort of established music, but, but we'll see, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I would like for people to stick around and watch what I'm doing. I don't necessarily want to chase them out of the room with uh, intense sound. Waves. <laughs> uh, reaction's a reaction, you know, there is that. Yeah. 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 It's true. And I mean, there's a, there's a precedent for that. You know, there's a lot of great music that, you know, was, was that was something that just really, um, you know, you know, challenged people and, and, uh, made them uncomfortable, but they, they stuck around anyways, and they're, they're legends for it. So, you know, we'll see, but right now, like what I'm doing right now is a very comfortable space. Um, you know, I've been, I, I, I never sit still. So I've been writing new material for another record, I guess. And, uh, you know, I might try releasing a series of uh, smaller EPs sooner than like waiting around another year or two to release another record. So um, you could be hearing from me sooner than later. I certainly hope so. What do you hope people kind of take away from your music? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's there's something to be said about, say, like you say, pop music or even, you know, I mean, reggae is pop music now. You know, jazz is pop music now. So, um, yeah, there is that thing of, of creating a kind of framework for people to, uh, you know, get themselves into. And yes, this is a love song or... Yes, this is a get up and get energy and let's get dancing song or what have you. And I think Nebulous is good. To me, it, it's I'm trying to create something more like abstract art where 
I, you know, I know I have a certain amount, you know, certain uh, thoughts and, and feelings and what have you that I'm, that I'm having when I'm making this music. And there's a, there is an intention behind it, but that's, that's just my intention. And so this is much more about letting go of other people's reaction to what they hear. And so I, am much more interested in that, that word soundtrack. Again, I'm, I'm much more interested in just it being a soundtrack for their experience. And so if somebody hears it and, you know, they're out just cruising around in their car on a summer night and that's, that's it. It's just, you know, it's a background for them. That's awesome. It's creating a vibe for them. Or if they're putting it on at a party at 3 AM and everyone's just kind of like cooling out to it or, um, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily want to push an agenda here. I just want it to make sounds and I just want to make music and I'll let the listener decide. And, and you know, the, the friends that I've played this for and sent it to, I've gotten a really good reaction. I, one friend of mine actually made a video <laughs> for it. He, he's a relatively established uh, NFT artist and he's been a visual artist for 30 years. And uh, he heard the opening track on this record and, a week later was sending me a, a video loop that he'd created for it that I played at the show. So yeah, I, um, I you just don't know. And I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather it that way. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather than say, okay, here's 10 love songs or, you know, here's 10 be depressed songs or whatever. It's just like, it's kind of mixed because the process is mixed. You know, there's a lot of joy in this record and then there's a lot of weirdness in this record and, and there's some sadness in there. And I, um, but that's that for me, that's not for me to like push onto people and make them feel that I'd rather just say, okay, here's, here's what I did. I'm much more interested in hearing people's reactions and, and seeing what they got. So when you're telling me about what you heard, that's much more useful to me than me trying to say, here's what I want you to hear. Mm -hmm. Although I think we could use a few less depression songs right now. There's no depression out sure. there in the in the in the world as it is. Yep. Could probably use a yep. little a little more a little more joy out there. Now your first album with this project, uh, you can't swing a dead cat without being a dead horse. Great title, by the way. That was a great Thanks. title. Thank you. <laughs> you, uh, you released this back in in 2016. Now fast forward yes. to music of sex and horror, released this yeah. year. How would you say you've grown as an artist within this particular genre? Um, I'd say that I am more confident in what I'm making, uh, as far as the sounds I'm choosing, uh, the willingness to push myself a little bit more, um, you know, that, the uh, dead cat, dead horse was, uh, for me, it was a very, very nominal work uh, that, that proved that was, that was a, a period in my life where I was proving a lot to myself. Um, I was adapting to this digital space where a lot of people had been for a lot of years and were very comfortable with making music and getting it up onto streaming services. And that was all new territory for me. So in that sense, it was, um, it was uh, very raw, uh, very untested. And with, you know, with sex and horror, it was feeling like I was really command of my powers and again i don't mean to sound arrogant here it's just a really it's like you know whatever you know an athlete when you when you play basketball for you know five straight years every day then all of a sudden like when that ball feels like an extension of your body or 
um, you know, learning a new language. And then all of a sudden you find yourself conversing and thinking in that, in that language. So for me, that's what this felt like was I have, I've finally hit my stride with this in a way that I feels unique that I have a real sense of how to use the tools and, uh, you know, layer up sounds and, and, you know, create orchestrations and then take chances, uh, in ways that I couldn't have before, you know, six years ago. Um, I, I hope that answers the question. It does. And I don't think it sounds arrogant at all because when you're, you, when you're, when you're going into a new genre, yeah, I think it can take a, and I'm not, I'm not a musician, so this is entirely, yeah. you know, you know, every, every man perspective, but it can take a while to learn what you're doing. I mean, you're not going to be, you're going to be amazing right off the bat. No one is, you know, no one is. Right, right. And it can take a few albums to say, you know what? I think I got this. I'm feeling more confident, I'm feeling more like, more like I can do this. So no, I think it's a very, like, I, I, I think that that's a very normal feeling for, mm-hmm. for a musician because no one's going to be like, okay, first, for, uh, first album fucking nailed it. Fucking nail it. Right. No one says that. Right. They think, right. dear God, no. what do they do? Yeah, it, and it's funny to read interviews with, with really well-established, you know, musicians, rock stars, what have you, and they, you know, they almost cringe at their first album, you know, the thing that, like, broke them through, and they, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> They'll listen to it and think, dear God, what was I thinking? Yeah, yeah, but it's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, so what's going to be next for you? Of course, this album, Music of Sex and Heart, just released a little while ago. Yeah, what's next yeah. for Gold Light Hour? Well, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, foot on the pedal about this record. Um, I've been I've been working to be more disciplined with my social media presence. Um, you know, I actually I was listening to your podcast, which I've really come to enjoy. Uh, for a lot of reasons. And one of those is to remind me that, you know, that it's work, that it's, it's like anything else. And so there's a daily practice of, you know, posting stuff, even if it's the same thing, you know, I, and I even sort of give that caveat, like all of you all are just going to be hearing this out of me for the next three, six, nine months of like, here's my new record. Here's my new record. And, uh, I, I am storyboarding some video that I want to make for this. And I, am uh, looking to, to get more shows. Uh, so getting this June 21st show was a, was a big win. I'm already thinking about the next two shows that I want to book. Um, so it's more networking. Um, it's, it's, you know, making more attempts to get in touch with folks like yourself that, you know, put on great podcasts to talk about music, to talk about art and, um, you know, be a part of that and just um, more networking, just trying to get this into as many pairs of ears that I can. And, um, you know, then, like I was saying earlier, is I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of new material already. Um, you know, it, 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 with digital, again, it's amazing. And maybe it's not amazing, depending on your point of view, that, you know, I could have released a new album yesterday, you know, I I could release another new album tomorrow. And I, you know, but I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to just, just pump the internet full of like every single sound that I make. I I still have that kind of old school sensibility of like being judicious with my sounds with uh, you know, composition is very important to me. So um, you know, the next thing that I make, 
Um, we'll, we'll probably be honestly a, a more of a dovetail on this album. Um, you know, things will get more danceable, but things will also get weirder. And uh, that's, that's fine. I'm, I am just, I, I am so in love with the process of it. Um, it's, it's music has just always been there for me. Um, you know, there's that line from that Beastie Boys song that admitted many times when I thought I might lose it. And the only thing that saved me has always been music. And it's still true. So many years after the first time I ever picked up an instrument or played a note. And um, so it's, it's always going to be a part of me. And, um, you know, I, I just tell you what, when I, when I have it, <laughs> I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. And, uh, and, and I would love to talk with you about it then. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun. Folks, yes, go find yes. Gold Light Hour. Search it thank in your you. Spotify. Thank First thing that's going to pop up, find him on his socials, follow him, like his posts, like the stuff, share it, comment, whatever you do, but be involved. And again, Chris, yeah, yeah. thanks. I look forward to the next album. Thank you, Max. Thanks so much. And that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Chris for joining me, and I highly recommend checking out his music. It's got a great style and sound, and there's something for everyone there. You can follow this show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout, and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com, and check this show out wherever you find podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. To close things out, I've got two new tracks from the recent Gold Light Hour album, Morph, followed by Warm. That's all for now, and I'll see you next time.